Welcome back to the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. This is part two of our special mega episode with Mr. Aaron Farmer. So for those of you that are listening from the future, go ahead and check back with the previous episode we dropped, part one, exactly one week ago uh, today. So if you haven't already heard part one, you might be a little confused and missing out. Don't want to jump right into part two if you didn't hear part one last week. So Aaron and I have a long conversation. It uh, was impossible to get it into one episode, so we have two episodes. This second part, we get more into the flood insurance side of things, talk more about the pet insurance, digital brokerage that Aaron launched with Bradley Flowers, and just get a lot more of the meat left on the bone from episode one. So sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation with Mr. Aaron Farmer. As always, if there's anything that we could do to help you with, go ahead and drop us an email at podcast at agencyfreedom.com podcast at agencyfreedom.com always love hearing from uh, freedom jumpers out there in the listening audience if there's any suggestions or guests that you want to hear or just really anything that we can do to deliver more value uh, for you that is what i'm all about so enjoy part two of this conversation with aaron farmer and this is the agency freedom podcast let's go there are two kinds of people in the insurance industry those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're gonna have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Okay, that's probably the the least smooth transition I've ever done from one episode to another. For those of you that are catching up at some point in the future and listening back to back uh, to both parts of the episode, part one and part two, welcome. Glad you finished part one about... 30 seconds ago. For those of you that are listening as these things drop in living color, welcome back for another week. Uh, Go back and catch part one. There's a lot going on here. I'm not going to introduce him a second time. This is part two, Mr. Aaron Farmer. We are about to pivot the conversation into private flood insurance, and then we're going to finish up and talk about top dog pet insurance and your experience in uh, partnering with our mutual friend, Bradley Flowers, and the whole experience of standing up a pet insurance program. We've never talked about pet insurance on this podcast, uh, mostly because I've never spent one second thinking about pet insurance as an agency owner. So Aaron, let's just jump back into the uh, the conversation. 
and part two of your episode. Why don't you tell us about how your private flood program came about? How did you get started with that? And what do you want us to know about it? Yeah, thanks, James. So originally we were writing quite a bit. We were doing a pay-per-click at the time. We were one of the few out there doing it. This is really about eight or nine years ago. And we were originally doing it to try and get homeowners insurance. That was the play. And as we were growing, doing that, we were using various wholesalers. We got to a point and decided, why are we basically, we're making them a lot of money. And what value, I guess we decided what value are they providing? And not to say they don't, because now I'm one of them, but we were spending most of the money to get the business. And so we thought, well, hey, maybe we should try this. So I called, Lloyd's has a few people in the United States and their role is to promote Lloyd's in America, very simply, with education and and different things. And uh, so they have a West Coast correspondent. And so I called that person and he was very clear that he was not interested in talking with me. And it was disappointing (laughs) to say the least. And so I got off that call and I can just tell you, I, I'm not a bulldog, but I get after it. I work hard. I work a lot of hours. I always have. And I, so I said, okay, we're, we're going to get this done. I'm finding a way. And at that time in the insurance journal, there was an ad for a program and it was basically bringing these, it was called chart. And I can't think it, what, what it, I, I don't remember the acronym specifically, but it was bringing London underwriters to the United States and bringing people with ideas, kind of getting them together. And uh, it was the first time they did this. Well, it was the first one was in Philadelphia and I had just missed it. But in one of the ads was some, a name of someone. So I called and I spoke to this person and anyway, told him what I was doing. And he said, oh, okay. It sounds interesting. I said, doing flood and where he said, I said the West coast. And he really perked up and he said, oh, okay, West Coast flood. Yeah, yeah, okay, great. So he said, let's have another call. And a call led to another call and another call. And then he introduced me to a syndicate. We had a a meeting with a syndicate and we can kind of describe how that works. I think that might be important for people to understand, but- uh, Yeah, please do. Yeah. Take just a second and explain the syndicate because I'm familiar, but a lot of people aren't. Yeah, so- what is a syndicate? What does it do? Why does it exist? Yeah. So so one thing that's a hard concept to grasp is the following. Lloyd's is not a carrier. Lloyd's is a marketplace. Mm-hmm. So now everyone's going to say, I know, they're going to say, well, wait a second. My thing says Lloyd's and they're A-rated. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> well, certain underwriters, certain underwriters, certain underwriters at Lloyd's, comma London, it's kind of London, right? So, so <laughs> the way, so the way I think I've explained this recently would be is to kind of look at it like the NFL. You've got a bunch of teams, and all the teams get like a revenue sharing kind of a deal. So they all they all kind of coexist. They all need each other right? But if Jerry Jones in Texas makes more money than than the owner of the Chargers, I mean, that's just the way it goes, you know, but they need them to, to, to survive. They don't want a team to go bankrupt. That doesn't help them. So when it comes to Lloyd's, the Lloyd's has sort of like a leadership and their, their role is to get these syndicates and each syndicate is, could be, it could be James, you and I, we could be a syndicate if we had enough money we could create a syndicate and we might have a specialty of real estate, uh, investor real estate could be our specialty. And we write policies about that. And we uh, we could be on the Lloyd's floor, I guess is the way the best way to sort mm-hmm. of explain it. And the way it would work is 
you would have investor money. There's investment banks. They raise money and they would give it to they would give it to the syndicate and they want to return on their money. And so then they would say, okay, James and Aaron, here's some money. Go make us more money. And then we might say, okay, well, let's expand in Texas and uh right some homeowners or let's, you know, let's expand some programs. And at the end of the day, it might be very granular, but we want to make a profit. And that profit is based on investor money. So there's X amount of syndicates and it changes from time to time because they there's consolidation. Some of them get purchased. Mm -hmm. Some names people have heard. Some you might have like Amwins is a syndicate. And then you have mm -hmm. ones like Canopius. People probably have never heard of Canopius. I was about to say, Canopius is one everybody's heard of. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we- Yeah, we, Canopius is a huge syndicate. Yes, there are. But you said there's a lot of people probably have never heard of these names, right? I mean, we do, but but there are- One of the things that I think is a really nice entry point for the syndicate world is anybody who's doing ENS business, regardless of where you are in the country, regardless of the line of business, a lot of times you will have a policy that is written on some sort of actual syndication. And when they say syndicate, what they mean is syndicated risk, where instead of carrier A, let's say it's a standard market carrier like a Travelers or a Chubb or Liberty Mutual or something, well, they'll have 100% of the risk. But with a syndicated policy, you'll look at the actual policy documents itself and there will be a syndication summary and it'll tell you near the beginning of the policy all the different Lloyd's cover holders that are participating in the risk and the percentages that they're participating in. You want to get a better understanding of all of that. The next time you write a policy with like Amrisk, for instance, Amrisk is really big into uh, coastal wind, coastal property. If you uh, write business on the Gulf Coast or the Atlantic seaboard, chances are you probably have seen a policy from Amrisk. For those of you that are writing business in, I don't know, Kansas, Iowa, Wisconsin, where everything you do is standard market, where it's either farm and ranch or it's agribusiness or it's personal lines. I'm sorry, <laughs> this part of the episode may not apply to you necessarily. You may go your entire career and never see a Lloyd's policy ever. It's possible. Yeah. But the whole concept of syndication is a different story for a different day. So for those of you that are annoyed with Aaron and I, I apologize. <laughs> no, we'll try and make it a little more interesting for him. So these different syndicates, you know, they're just groups of people or insurance companies, and they all do different things. So when it comes to flood, there's some that have an appetite for flood. Some have an appetite for disability. And I'll mention to access the London market, you have to have a broker. You can't go past the broker. So you have to have someone, a middleman, if you will, to act on your behalf to go to the markets. So I have a broker and there's multiple ones. And so yeah, there's, there's different outfits out there and they're all trying to sort of, and there's broker of records, just like we do on a policy here. There might be someone that will come to me and say, Hey, Aaron, I can do better for you. I have more access to the syndicates. They're going to give us better deals, more aggregate and things of that nature. Just sign a broker of record and we're going to, you know, so there's broker of records when it comes to Lloyd's broker. So, so this guy was a Lloyd's broker and he approached at the time was Novi and uh, they had a, you know, the broker's job is to to know the underwriters that work for these syndicates and, and that have appetites for certain things. And so these guys were 
as they like to say, keen. They were keen on, on Flood and said, hey, we've got a guy on the West Coast. And they liked it because there's not a lot of people on the West Coast that have Flood. All their Flood, of course, is on the East Coast where they get their ass handed to them all the time. And so I think that really they saw this as an opportunity to even out their portfolio. But as I later learned, some of these syndicates, when I was there, there might be, for those who like sports, if you know Manny Machado, he plays for the Padres, he had gotten signed to a $300 million deal and someone, uh, the Padres were shopping his disability. Like, so if something happens to him, they're not just giving up 300 million because it's a guaranteed contract. There's a Lloyd's backing that for a certain premium, I think, which is interesting. The NFL, uh, they have a disability, the Major League Baseball. So there is an agent somewhere here in the United States that has the NFL. And that gets shopped around through the Lloyd's market. So there's a lot of very interesting stuff that gets placed out there, including terrorism. And my broker places the Taiwanese government. So you think their government uh, self-insures? They don't. They actually insure with Lloyd's of London, believe it or not, or syndicates. It's crazy. One of these days, I'm going to get somebody high up in Lloyd's who's willing to do me a solid and get on this podcast and just talk shop about Lloyd's and tell a bunch of crazy stories because I forget the name of the book now. Tyler Asher, president of distribution at Liberty Mutual, recommended I check out a book on basically how insurance built America, like during the Revolutionary War and the Merchant Marine stuff. And it goes into a lot of detail about the London marketplace and talks about Lloyd's and whatnot. When you start to understand how modern insurance got its start of, you know, insuring the cargo on these ships that was crossing the ocean and the way that literally insurance built the modern world, like it is the only reason that anyone takes risks. It's the only reason that real estate ever happens, that these business ventures ever get off the ground is because some form of insurance is underwriting that risk. And Lloyd's of London is where all of that began in the modern world. So for anybody who is a nerd for our industry, there may not be a more fascinating subject than the history of Lloyd's and how insurance has been interwoven into the fabric of every nation on earth in the last 500 years. It's... I know I sound like a complete raging nerdy lunatic when I say stuff like that, but man, that's just cool stuff. James, I I nerd out. I still nerd out. I, and they do a really good job of keeping this uh, really mystical and dark and secret. And it's, they do a good job, not intentionally, but it is that way. And I geek out every time. I, I've been there multiple times and I still geek out. But a couple of things that I think are, are really cool to understand. And, and, and I'll give you a real world example. It's happening now. So with our program, every year there's a renewal. You mentioned that. So my renewal is coming up. Now we have three programs, but one of the programs is, is having a renewal. So our lead is QBE. So those of you out there know QBE, they do a lot of different things, but they also are a massive, massive syndicate. And so my yep. underwriter, uh, we have meetings, we talk about how much aggregate we have, right? So for agents that don't know what we're talking about, when we're talking about aggregate, we're talking about how much they're willing to put out for claims. Right? There's not unlimited amount of money that they're going to put out for claims. You can't just, if you take your normal- There's not a claims fairy out there that waves <laughs> a magic wand. That's right. So if you just talk about, let's say, residential primary flood of 250000 if you're in an A zone. Okay, well, if you write four policies, that's a million bucks, right? They got to have a million bucks. And maybe there's reinsurance and all that. We won't get into all that. But let's just say you got to have a million bucks. Well, they got to have, so if you write eight, they got to have two million. Well, these guys will put out 
400 million or 800 million. Well, if you don't use that aggregate, they, they want to, they need to get income on that aggregate. If they don't, they're going to say, well, we're going to give it to James for his program of investor properties because yeah. he's getting us income. Okay. So it, capacity is the word that I use. You know, aggregate is the correct term, of course, but when we describe it, it's it's just capacity. That's right. How much capacity? So, so in our meetings, we're talking about, you know, we need more aggregate. And of course, as you said, there's a sharing, right? Generally, most want to share in the risk. They don't want to take all the risk on. So the leader, our lead underwriter makes the first call. And so we've gone through it. And as of today, December, what is it? 14th. Our lead line is down. That means we have negotiated. We have agreed on the underwriting guidelines. We've made some tweaks. I'll tell you that our X zone rates have gone down. So check us out. Uh, he's agreed to that. So, and he has put his line down. So that means that they, my broker has gone into the Lloyd's building. He has put his percentage down. And he has stamped it. So they have that stamp, just like back in the shipping days of 1300 and whatever. There's a stamp they still use. And that stamp is like, you might as well be in blood. So they have, you know, put it down. The line is down. Now my broker has to go get what's called the follow markets. Those are the guys below. So like you said, James, when you see some certificate and says Lloyd's and there's four or five different, could be 20 really, depending on the risk, you know, maybe some of these cybers I've seen have like 15 different uh, syndicates that have a piece of the action, but then they have to go to the next one that's under and they'll say, okay, the line is down. Now your turn. Are you still interested in taking your 20%? And they'll say, okay, well, what's changed? And, you know, and maybe internally they might've decided, and this happens, this is what really gets nerve wracking. I will tell you is they internally decide, you know what? We're making a big change. We don't like property insurance anymore. I mean, have you ever seen that happen here in the States where they just decide all of a sudden they just flip something over and we don't like Texas anymore? I, you probably have seen that maybe once or twice. And you're like, yeah, yeah, once or twice. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, we don't like wildfire. This week. <laughs> yeah. We don't like, yeah. We don't like wildfire in California. Okay. Uh, I've never seen that before. So that happens. The broker's job is to run around to all the syndicates and his job or her job is to continually and consistently have people on deck lined up, ready to drop their line down to add aggregate and to continue. Because as you grow, you need more. So you always need more people. And there always will be people generally as long as you're profitable. Yep. If you're making the money, they're interested. You start losing the money, it's like crickets and boink, they're gone. Lights turn on and they're gone. So- Anyway, so now we've got the follow markets. And as soon as the follow markets uh, put their lines down and they're stamped, we are golden for 2023 through 2024. So that's essentially sort of what's going on. So any program that any agent is writing through Lloyd's and they get a policy, that same thing is happening through some broker. They could be big. The broker could be Amtrust or could be someone Burns and Wilcox. Yeah. They're a broker. I mean, they're, you know, I'm a broker and they're a broker. So I just happen to be a tiny one and they happen to be a gigantic one, but they're, yep. we're the same. Hey, Freedom Jumper. Are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who is it, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. 
At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. The interesting thing to me is the more I get into the industry, the longer I'm playing the game, the more I become aware of international exposures and the way that other countries do insurance, like conceptually, the way that, you know, they do things in Canada and, you know, Mexico and Central America is very different than how we do things in the U.S. And QBE is an Australian company. And the way that they do insurance in Australia, New Zealand is similar to the Western way because, I mean, Australia and New Zealand both spent well over a century as colonies of the British Empire. So there's very similar influences, but you step outside of the Western world, you go to some of these other countries like Southeast Asia and the way that insurance works in, say, Thailand or Singapore or whatever is totally, completely different than how it works here. And all the rules have changed. It's very interesting having these ENS conversations. I love the nuance. So for you out there listening, if you're still listening, yeah. you must be at least somewhat uh, enjoying this because, man, this is way deep in the weeds. We've left the weeds and gone into the forest. Yes. We're in the thick trees and the underbrush. Uh, so let's go back out on the main path and hit something really pragmatic and practical. If you have ever written an ENS policy and you've seen on the top, on the very first page where it says, certain underwriters at Lloyd's, comma, London. Go ahead and read that policy through, look at the syndication summary and see who's on that risk and, and just go through there and, and take a look at it and have a better understanding of exactly what is happening with that insurance policy that you wrote for your client so-and-so that couldn't get coverage through a standard market uh, because that's the nuts and bolts of how our industry happens, identifying the exposure, pricing the risk doing the underwriting, the actuarial guidelines, and, and matching the right solution to the right risk in the marketplace and making sure that it's priced correctly. That is the very foundation of the game that we are playing. And I said it before, but I'll say it again. It bears repeating. Insurance, uh, property and casualty insurance specifically, is the foundation of modern society because without property and casualty insurance, hey, none of this stuff going down. Nobody, nobody sails to the new world. Nobody founds colonies in what is now the United States of America. If insurance doesn't exist, who knows what the world looks like in 2022? Because any, the only people that would ever travel across the ocean are the uber wealthy who have so much money to burn, they don't care if a ship sinks. They don't care if millions of dollars worth of people and cargo are lost and are never seen again. So it, I, it, I know it's super existential no, now, well, but I mean, uh, I think the it's it's really cool to think about. Well, I'll just I'll mention because again, I'm trying to think of things that are sort of you know cool. I mean, no, not to get into the boring stuff, but the cool stuff. When I when I went over to I'll say to meet with some of the people and and see if I had a chance. So if you do go over, you have to have someone has to 
basically say, okay, we'll take you on. Someone has to agree. A syndicate but has to sponsor agree you, to sponsor right? you. And it's is really an arduous process. And, and I love you guys out there. I love y'all, all my mates over there. But you know, there's always a soccer game and then the queen and then there's bank holiday and then there's another soccer game. So for you and I that like to get things done, like, to, you know, like last night, it t- things take time. They take time. So you have to be very patient. But plan what, to be there for a few weeks to get a deal done, huh? <laughs> everything takes time. But there was it was interesting. There was a group of so from that chart, there was a group of people, a group of agents that I'll say had ideas. But it's not just ideas. You have to have a certain amount of business, right? You have to be an expert. One, you have to be an expert, and two, you have to have mm-hmm. something behind it. You can't just be well. I know a lot about something. I don't have any of it, but I could maybe if I just had it. No, no, you have to have some of it. So, but there was some really interesting stuff. There was someone that had like a disability policy that they were doing for people that rented bicycles. You know, one day kind of rent bike rental policy and super simple. There was a trucking kind of interesting thing out of actually out of Texas. There was technology play. There was, you know, some agents all from, all from the States, all brand new. And some of them got programmed. So that was pretty interesting. But I also was going to mention that when we talk about syndication, or you mentioned that, we just signed a contract with Brit. They're a really big one. But they are 100%, 100% on the policy. No no sharing. So there are times when someone will take 100%. It may be limited underwriting. It may be there's you know some reasons behind why they would do it. But it can be done. No, it's... It is definitely something that we could talk about for a long time over a couple of beverages, and you and I would probably find it far more appealing and interesting than most of our audience. So yes, I yield, I will call mercy, and we'll move on to something that is at least cuter, if not you know, <laughs> yes. more interesting, and that is Top Dog Pet Insurance. Was that, was that the worst transition in all of podcasting history? I would love to hear about this story. You already have practice doing a special program with the the private flood thing. What is, before we move on, what's the name of your program and how do people get information about your private flood program? Just pitch yourself real quick there and we'll move on. Yeah. So in California, it's CaliforniaFloodInsurance.com. In any other state, StatewideFloodInsurance.com. And uh, okay. then go there, contact us, and we'd be happy to. Uh, yeah, we're we're stoked because these programs are going to allow us to give a much better commission. I think that's what agents care about. So, yep. So, CaliforniaFloodInsurance.com or statewide. Like the, the, spell it out. California oh, California. Yep, spelled out. CaliforniaFloodInsurance.com or statewide. Statewide FloodInsurance.com. Yeah, thanks. Cool. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and move on now to the top dog pet insurance thing. How did this idea come about? Because Bradley and I text somewhat regularly, you know, a few times a week on average. And I found out about this at the same time everybody else did. He kept this one really close to the vest. (laughs) I didn't know it was a thing at all until the announcement came out. And then I was like, that's really cool. Good stuff. How did the the idea get there? where did it come from? Yeah. So, so full transparency, I received something, I guess it was a solicitation from a national carrier about selling a pet insurance through this kind of portally thing. And I thought it was kind of interesting. So I, I did some legwork and I got to somebody and as I kind of got through, I realized that they wanted agents. They're looking for agents. Like most things we know, they realize, companies realize, it's difficult to get to customer direct. Yep. Right? We know this. And so um, everyone wants to get to agents because we have relationships 
good relationships with our customers. So I said, by the way, I'm an MGA and I think I could help you in this endeavor. And that sparked a conversation, a few conversations. And the next thing you know, I was talking with someone up in this company and we hit it off. I like them, they like me. And so then at the, around the same time, I had been talking with Bradley. I spoke at his One World City Tour uh, a year ago and he and Scott and kind of became friends with them and a few of these guys, just like, you know, meeting someone like yourself. And mm -hmm. it's been kind of a cool circle because I had, you know, kind of left my farmer's world and I had a lot of people I knew there. And now um, I'm orphaned. And so I'm looking, for, you know, got some new friends. And um, I know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, uh, I brought this up. And now Bradley, I love Bradley because he's always thinking about programs. I mean, he, he, he never stops. He's got a million things yeah. going. And I brought this to his attention. And the one thing that I liked really was that it's already done for you, meaning it's a quote bind issue. There's no other technology. You know, you don't, we don't have to do anything more. An agent can literally quote bind and issue a policy in probably about a minute, techno, you know, a minute. They really could do that. And so he said, yeah, no, this looks really good. I think this is really good. And so we had some meetings and, and really that's where it was born because he was looking to wanting to get a program. And I think mm. we thought this was it. You scratched easy. the itch for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. We left it there. And he, he said, yeah, I think this looks good. And so well, we came up with a brand and really they were looking for maybe us to recruit agents for their brand and said, no, no, we want our own brand because, you know, things could happen. We could go to different carriers and things like that. So we created the brand and created uh, the website and created a lot of that stuff. And yeah, so we just launched recently. We've had some really good, uh, a lot of agents are signing up, but again, full transparency, there's really no money as an MGA. There just isn't. And one of the reasons why is because unlike other lines as we're learning, there are a lot of claims in pet insurance. This isn't like something where people don't use it. People are tending to look to use it. Yeah. It's just the, the loss ratios are fairly high. Okay. The, the margins are really low, which was interesting to me, but that's just the case. But that said, I think our thought was, well, let's see if we can get some agents behind it. It's simple. It's timely. The commission is good. They're not connected to any other carrier. There's no ulterior motive here. Agents, you know, we can talk about in a second, but in terms of adding to whether your agency, Zoom, your insured mind, better agency, it doesn't matter. You really should be helping your customer. You're going to make them happy. You're going to make yourself happy. Uh, for a new agent, you could get into a vet office and really potentially stick a really good customer and turn that into $7,000 life premium potentially, right? It's all there. Yep. But if we did something really good, and it really works and it sticks, then maybe there's an opportunity for just another carrier looks to us and says, hey, these guys have a good distribution. Let's get them another product. That, that's, I think, the end game, if you will. Mm -hmm. But today, so it's a quote bind issue system. We give people a unique URL that they can put on their website. They can put it in, again, a marketing campaign, a welcome kit, and the customer can do quote themselves and bind themselves and the agent still gets paid a commission or there's an agent portal where the agent can do the quoting. There's more options, more deductibles, more co-pays, and they can then email to the customer and the customer can finish off and pay or the agent could take the payment and, and, and do it. But I think one of the best things really is the service. So 
you know, take any podcast, anything you see in any of the groups that we're in and how many, especially like, you know, not to beat up on the farmers, but I'm seeing agents say they're waiting on hold for service for like what, two hours or some crazy stuff going on. Yeah. The service. I, suffice it to say the acquisition of MetLife hasn't exactly gone as smoothly as people had hoped for. Fair enough. And the, I'll just keep it polite. <laughs> yes. It, yes. <laughs> and it's from what I understand is, is that there's challenges in a lot of companies today, probably with the whole hiring thing and a remote thing and all that, which we don't have to get into, but the service on this pet thing is tremendous. So agents can feel very confident that if their customer calls in and needs help, that the cus that their customer is going to be wow this was fantastic because there's a 24 seven vet chat or they can call in and the agent doesn't have to do any service I mean agents can't help with if the pet has a hurt leg so they're going to say you know Mr Jones I'm going to give you this number so if you can please call this number I'm going to transfer you right now they're going to help you and you get paid full commission so it hmm. to me it's like a win win and I think with homeowner rates and everything going on. This just seems to be a great time. $2 billion is being spent on pet insurance. $2 billion. $2 billion? $2 billion. Wow. So where is it being spent? I mean, if they're not, you know, and most agents I've talked to, at least say, oh, I don't really sell it. Well, where are they buying it from? Lemonade, Fido, yep. Costco's one. You know, it's just like, get back to the life. They're buying it from somewhere, but if they're not buying it from you, then aren't aren't you leaving your book exposed? That I, That's how I think as an agent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely you are. Yeah. Because if somebody gets a hold of John and Sally Smith, 123 Main Street from, from their pet insurance, and then that agent says, hey, by the way, we do a lot more than pet insurance. Uh, can I take a look at your home and auto? Or, hey, I see that you guys own a business. Can I take a look? You know, I'd love to compete for your business for the other insurance that you have. If you don't think for one second, every other agent out there is trying to cross sell into your book. Hundred percent. Then you're you're missing the you're missing the boat. 100%. I don't know what to tell you, because I'm doing it. Aren't you, Aaron? Hundred percent. If you give me an avenue into into some account, I'm going to take the whole daggum thing. You let me put my foot in the door. Game over. It's no different with pet insurance. Absolutely. So yeah. So that's what we're doing. And the next, so that was phase one. Is really to get people signed up. We have well over a hundred in the first two weeks that have signed up, and we haven't even really marketed. I mean, really, the only marketing we did was Bradley mentioned it and a lot of people started jumping on and it kind of got us behind because it was we had just started. Uh, so we're going to be marketing it soon. But getting back to like a captive thing, if you're a captive agent, if you're a farmer's agent and your rates are really tough, you're in a tough market situation, like, and you're a newer agent and I see, you know, how do you market today in, in some of the Facebook groups I see? It's like, go to your local vet, right? And, and just, it's guerrilla marketing. It's like we did when we first started. Go to the vet, do a $60 lunch and learn, buy some sandwiches, get in with the vet. You can use any vet for this product. I mean, any vet in the United States works. And it, what if you got three or four people that you didn't have their home or auto? They write a pet mm -hmm. policy. Okay, big whoop. So you make a, you make a little bit of money. So I, I have to confess, I've never done a pet policy once in my entire life. I have no idea what the average premium, average revenue is. What's, what's the, the commission might change in the future. So I know you may not want to share a commission percentage. What does that look like for the agent? Average premium, average commission. Yeah. So, uh, well, I can tell you my, I did, I got a, my dog's premium was a thousand, thousand dollars a year. 
and I didn't get anything too crazy. It's in the middle of the road. It's a good policy. 10% right now, new, 10% renewal, 93% retention rate. I mean, when someone gets it generally, when the dog's a puppy, they don't stop it. So five, six, seven, 10 years, you're going to get that. So there you go. I mean, as of now, it's 10% new, 10% renewal. Hmm. And like I said, which I think is pretty good for really, if you really boil it down to it, for not doing any service and literally you could have your customer do all the work, they can actually quote and bind themselves. Doesn't seem, seem too bad to me, but it's really about the cross sell. It's really about what are you doing to get new blood into your agency? I mean, even for our agency, we're, I'm gearing up. I've just got an HTML email. We're about to send it out and going to put it part of the welcome. By the way, do you know, we also do this just like the live should be, here's a link. If you're in, if you need live insurance, let us know. Here's a link. You can do it yourself, but agents should be doing this. You're crazy yep. if you're not. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I've said it two or three times now. I have never done it before, but you better believe I'm going to get with Jonathan on my team. I don't personally do any personal lines at all. But Jonathan on my team is going to hear about this and we're going to sign up for sure. So the link for the sign up, we'll make sure it's in the show notes here. So let me go ahead and, and ask you to drop that real quick. And we'll put that literally right next to the notes for the flood stuff. Yeah, they can go to top dog pet insurance and then it's forward slash agents. It's at the bottom. And if they click on that link, there'll be a form to sign up. They can upload their ENO, upload their license, and then it'll send them a broker agreement. It's all automated and uh, takes a couple of days and they're up and running. So exactly the same process as any other appointment and setup. Absolutely. Super simple. It's, uh, you know, I think, I think like a lot of things we're going to try and do maybe a, uh, some zoom calls and a few things there's been, you know, a few people originally had signed up. And then I think a lot of the thing agents get excited. So it's the next, I think you've met, you know, the shiny object syndrome, Hey, new yep. thing, new, new, it's a thing, new project, uh, you know, new a policy or carrier sign up. No, don't do anything with it. And, and it's our job to do some education, but I'm telling agents and I met, I said this story just recently, there was an agent, I'm not going to mention this person, but the person goes to the conventions we go to has a side hustle business that's involved in automation. Good person, by the way. And I saw this person on Facebook that had animals dogs. And I said, Hey, I reached out when I first was thinking about this and they were like, no, nah, I don't really do it. You know, thanks for thinking of me, but I don't, I don't really do it. And then I saw in a post saying, yeah, I'm going to this next convention. Cause I really want to learn what these, what these other big agents, how they do it. And it was like, okay, well, here's a, a pretty good agent. I'm telling you how to do it. You're not listening, but you want to spend money to go to the convention to learn. Well, I'm saving you the money to go to the convention. This is a way you could, here's one of many things. It's no cost. Yeah. Put it right into your book. And if you don't have any business, well, then you should be going to the vet. Anyway, I'll get off my horse, <laughs> but, but it's like, this is the value. We're trying to help agents. And if you're an agent and you sign up and you write a big policy, please tell us about it. We want to put you on a pedestal and show everyone, you know. That'd be just super cool. I'd really dig to find out someone that writes some huge policy out of this thing. Awesome. This has been such a jam-packed episode. We had to make it two episodes. And by George, Aaron, you made it two full episodes because the second part is almost as long as the first one. So bravo, sir. You have made it through almost an hour and a half straight oh of God. recording with me. I think you deserve a medal of some kind. 
you've gone the, the longest that anybody has gone in 80-something episodes with me. So this has been a whole lot of fun. As we land the plane, is there anything else you want to share? Any last tidbit before we go? No, thank you, James. I, I know I probably get long-winded. I would just say if you're an agent, I can help you in any way with advice. If you're, I really want to help. I got a lot of help through the last 24 years of being an agent, lots of whether farmers or, you know, other places, there was people always willing that gave to me that didn't have to. And I want to feel that I can give, this isn't about selling anything, just anything. If I can give any advice, please just reach out. I, I, I'd be, you know, I'd be honored to help anyone that young or old in the business. That sounds great to me. Now, so the topics covered here are just digging all the way into the other opportunities in your book of business. Lots of stuff about ENS and cover holders. We talked about life insurance. We talked about private flood. We talked about pet insurance. There's a lot of meat on the bone in this episode, boys and girls. Implement or die, as we say around here. Take something from this episode. Make your agency better, your life better in 2023 and beyond. I'm making a bold statement here, having Aaron on for a double episode right at the very beginning of 2023. Do something with this information and make it worth the time and energy that Aaron and I have put into this. I'd love to help you any way I can. Feel free to drop me a line, James at agencyfreedom.com. And that is it for this mega episode with Mr. Aaron Farmer. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll catch you again real soon. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go. Go.